book of Ezekiel chapter 1, also find Romans chapter 1, also find Acts chapter 2. Stick your finger in there and we'll work from there. Genesis 19 will be another one that we'll use. But I got time this morning because it needs to be developed. I know amen, so I guess I'll be here by myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Camp folks, stay awake. Stand up so you don't fall asleep. You need to hear it too. If you fall down and hit your nose, you'll wake up. That's how I used to do on night shift a lot of times. Get so sleepy, I'd stand up. Let me tell you this one real quick. I was working in the maximum security part of the jail early on in my career, and it was like August. It's like 8 million degrees in northern Virginia. It's the hottest place next to hell, I think, in the world. It really is. It's miserable and humid. And the fellow I was working with, we had had, we, we were, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. And so we walked down the hall, and on the end of the hallway, they had these bars set up, and they crisscrossed one another, and you had a square about yay big. And so we walked down, we're looking out over the complex and over everything and standing there talking because we were tired. And you go to sleep, you know, bad things can happen. Worse can happen, you lose your job. That's not tolerated. And I had Sweetie and the kids depending on me to bring some food, the money home to buy food. So, you know, you get tired, you stand up. And I don't care how long you sleep, 4 o'clock in the morning, if you're like a, a night per or a day person, you're going to get tired. I don't care how much you slept the day before. And so we're standing there, got our arms stuck through the bars and just kind of looking at, you know. And all of a sudden, my legs buckled. I had went to sleep. And the only thing that kept me from falling was this old big head got stuck in them bars. And I couldn't fall. Hooked my chin on it and got this head stuck. And <laughs> I don't know why. Just stand up, guys, so you don't go to sleep. Pray for Brother Ken Jones this morning. I don't know if he's having a kidney stone attack or what. I heard from Lee when we was in Sunday school. We had prayer for him in our Sunday school class. Remember him. A lot of abdominal pain. I know he had him a couple years ago about this time. And uh, anybody that's ever walked on that road, know he's going through a lot. If you ain't walked on that road, have a baby is what I hear. Uh, you'll understand. So in Ezekiel chapter 1, a lot that we have seen go on and happen in this week comes with a misunderstanding of who God is. If you have social media, Facebook, Twitter, and these kinds of things, there are some Christian people who have wrote some things on there about how approving they are of the decision the Supreme Court has made. They have. Can I tell you, it's because of a misunderstanding of who God is. You see, we go through our lives... Comparing God to things. Created things. He is more, He is high above all of these things. He created you and me in His likeness and in His image, but make no mistake about it, He ain't nothing like you and me. That was a good amen spot. Because the writers in the Bible, who were led by the Spirit, by the way, so the Holy Ghost wrote this, okay? Can we get there? Can we agree on that? 
All Scripture is inspired, right? These men penned it, but it was God writing it. So whatever's there is God's Word. It's what He says. And we can't refute that, or we shouldn't. But the reason that we do is because we don't understand who God is. We make Him into our likeness. And Exodus chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. Commandment number two is what? That's right. Nor bow down to them. No idol worship. So an idol is not necessarily the things that we carve out. We could say we worship a cross because we have one sitting here. That could, that could be easily mis... We could worship. We can make a cow out of a piece of wood and carve it out and say, well, we're worshiping a cow. And that's the thing that we get in our minds. Well, I'm not worshiping that. But did you know we can worship other things other than God? They are what runs us and rules us. And one of the biggest ones, because it hits close to your home and my home, okay? I'm in this as deep as you are. It hits because we make God into who we want Him to be or think He should be. And the decision that was made this past week is a very along those very lines for a lot of people. God is love. Of course He is. But He also says... Bob and Bill ain't supposed to sleep together nor be married. It's sin. It's an abomination. If you go to Leviticus 18, you're going to find out about all these things. And if you think it's kind of weird, read it. Read it to your children too because they're going to ask you some questions and be prepared to answer because it talks about bestiality. It talks about sons with mothers and dads with daughters and sons-in-laws with mother-in-law. All this kind of junk we see going, he says it is an abomination. He talks about bestiality. Anybody know what that is? All right, you guys raised your hand. For those that don't get it, tell them. Not now, but in a closed room or a quiet place. But it's doing unnatural things with animals. And by the way, it is a crime. Now my question is, because I've filled a lot of these complaints out about something called sodomy. Now I'm not going to go to where all of that is. If you don't know, see me after church. I'll get graphic with you if you can handle it. I'm not going to do it for everybody because everybody can't handle it and some people will just drop the ball and lose it if I say it now. You shouldn't say that from the pulpit. Well, guess what? God's everywhere, so if I shouldn't say it from the pulpit, I don't need to say it out on the playground. Yeah. But there's a law called sodomy on the books in Virginia, and there's also one called forcible sodomy. Now, that ought to just tell you kind of where it goes, right? Did you know that my wife in Virginia, if I try to go to the place of sodomy with her, even though she is my wife, there is a law in the books in Virginia that I can go to jail because it is against the law. Look it up. All you got to do is go on Virginia's site and you can look up all the, the statutes. Get the numbers, 18 point something or other it is. There's a bunch of them different levels, goes against children and all this kinds of stuff. Now i got a question. What do we do now with what the Supreme Court has overturned? Because they've said sodomy is legal. 
Haven't we? Stomp your head, stomp, shake your foot, fall asleep or something. Let me know I'm getting through here. This is stout stuff, and it's deep. All because men have decided to interpret what they want, how they want. In the last days will be perilous times. Men will become lovers of themselves. We get it, right? It's my world, you're living in it. You mess my world up, you got to go. It's as much out in the world as it is inside the church. I don't like that. Well, let's go away from what I like and don't like, and let's go with what the Word of God has to say. If we stand up to that, then we all get on the same page, right? Okay. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 26. Above the vault, above the heads was the, what looked like a throne of uh, lapis lazuli, which in the King James says a sapphire. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, a brilliant light surrounding him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God when I saw it and fell face down and heard the voice of one speaking. The best that Ezekiel could do was to compare God to some kind of extraordinary likeness that we have on this earth so that maybe we can understand it. But make no mistake about it, God is not like anything we know. We're in agreement on this or not? Because we don't move forward unless we are. Otherwise, we're going to kill about another 30 minutes or 40 minutes of your time. He is not like anything that we can fathom. He did his best to say, hey, he's grand. Go to Romans chapter 1. And the wrath of God, we're starting verse 18, Romans 1, 18. And the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness of the people who surpasses the truth by their wickedness or suppress, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, do we not see that today? We take the people of the world are taking their wickedness and suppressing the truth in all kinds of ways. We need to have answers. We need to know this, or, well, that's just what you say. All right. Verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So if you took a breath just now to say amen, Brother Jesse, that is proof that God exists. The wood in your house that you woke up in that kept you cool last night because of the insulation and all the things that had been made had to come from something and that is proof that God exists. The fact that you got children in your family, that is proof that God exists. If you knew the... Never mind, don't get there, shut up. 
And so he is telling mankind, you have absolutely no excuse. You don't have to be able to read my word. You don't have to even be taught my word. The fact, and this is God's law. You like it or you don't. You know, it's kind of like now. I don't think that the speed limit ought to be 25 through town, but it is what it is. Whether I like it or not, that's what it is. Right? This is God has put it out here, and he didn't say, I'm going to hold a committee meeting and see what you think about it. He said, no, this is how it's going to be. Right? You either get it or you don't get it. You stand up to his standards or we don't stand up to his standards. And he said, the fact that I have created everything, the trees, the birds, the stinks, all the things we love, all the things we don't love or don't like, is proof that I exist and that is all I need to convict you of sin on the day of judgment. He's laid it out for us. Keep reading. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their thinking became irresponsible. Their thinking was all over the place. And their hearts were darkened. A darkened heart will not glorify God. It can't happen. Because we don't believe in Him. There are things that we see in this Word, maybe we just don't get it, we don't believe it, therefore we don't pray for it, we don't believe it's going to happen, we don't, oh, well, I don't believe that part. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You can't pick and choose. Okay. And he's God's telling you this, their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. You ever seen anybody that's just smarter than what they actually are when they talk about it? They know everything, seen everything, done everything. What they did was wrong. I can do it better. Let me show you a better way. And most of the time, if you let them do it, it's going to cost you a lot because they don't know what they're doing anyway. They just like to hear the, the screws rattle around in their head. That's exactly what this scripture is saying. Can I get a witness in the house? I know everything. <laughs> oh, but you don't. Hmm. And exchanged, see, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Worshiping just anything. Man, whole communities have been wiped out because we don't want a log because some bird's going to die. I'm all for not doing the wrong things. I don't believe in punishing animals. It's a sad day when you put a man and a family out on the street because a bird ain't got a house. Well, half of you agree with that one. You see what I'm talking about? You see what I, I, I'm going somewhere with this. Therefore God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Seeing that today. 
and worshipped and served created things rather than the, the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. When you lift a man up on a pedestal, I don't care who he is, he can be Donald Trump, the next president, or he can be preacher such and such. Whenever you lift that man up, you're robbing God of praise, and he ain't going to take it. He said it was going to happen. You're going to worship the created things more than the Creator. Amen? Now, I've been sent to give a message, and you better know I'm going to give it. I might have to sleep outside when I get home, but that's okay. God's got my back. Let me show you. Is it wrong interpretation? Wrong interpretation of the Word of God. Is it accidental or is it deliberate? Many times, wrong interpretation of the Bible is deliberate because we don't want to face the truth. That's what happened this week in our nation. Now we, uh, according to all the, you know, people know how to tweak figures. And I'm going to go somewhere today, so if you've got to get up and go, head out. Because I'm not stopping until I'm done. Alright? There are, there are ways to interpret what God's Word says to make it fit what we want. And what we don't want, we discard it. We discard those who teach it. We take away from that. Because we want what we want. Now I've got a question for you. And I meant to set a prop up before I started this morning. And so I'm going to do this and pretend, okay, because I was going to take and put Sweetie's wallet in someone's purse so that I could get into their purse and pull out and open it up and get some money out. Now, most of you, you say, you do that to my purse, I'm going to chop your arm off. <laughs> Am I right? Right? I come over and get your belt out of your pocket, uh, Eddie, you're going to get after me, ain't you? Reach in and pull me a five spot out. In Acts chapter 4, it says that the people had everything in common. Now, I can take that and misinterpret it and say, well, I'm, I've got free reign and free right to get Ashley's money out of her purse. If she's not using it. Can you hear me now? Right? Am I right on that? Am I back? Okay. Just in case, always carry a backup. Learned that in law enforcement. Got my backup. Club. So we can take that piece of scripture in Acts chapter 2, 40, or 4, what is it? I wrote it down. 44. It says, And all the believers were together and had everything in common. It meant that they shared what they had. I'm not going to let you starve if I got an extra bite or extra morsel on my table. You need to get to town. You ain't got a car. Guess what? I can get you there. I'm going to help you out. That's what it meant. It didn't mean that I could come to your house and do what I wanted because, well, it's mine too. Am I right? That's my point. That's the point I'm trying to make about deliberately misinterpreting Scripture to fit what you want it to fit. And you can apply that to anything you want.
right? Yeah. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on that one right there on his own. He knows what needs to be done, where it needs to be done. Go back to Ezekiel chapter 2. If you kept your finger there, then you should already be there. In verse 1 he said, And he said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. And as he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revoke against me to this very day. The people whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I'm pretty stupid sometimes, so I had to look up obstinate. And I figured there might be somebody else that might be sitting in the boat with me. I'm going to tell you what obstinate means. I'm not going to spell it for you because we proved in Sunday school this morning that none of us knew how to spell. So... If you missed out on that, you need to come to Sunday school. We had a good time this morning and we learned a lot. Obstinate means firmly or stubbornly adhering to one's purpose or opinion. Not yielding to argument, persuasion, or entreaty. Characterized by inflexible persistence or an unyielding attitude. Rule number one, when Jesus becomes Lord of your life, attitude, the unyielding attitude has to go. Because he can't be Lord and you not yield. Period. With all areas, not just the ones that we deliberately misinterpret. I'm working this thing out today in a brother Jeff. Not easily controlled or overcome, not yielding readily to treatment as a disease. Now my mother-in-law's had cancer for two years now and she's been through a hard last two or three months. Just went down there this past Friday to Duke. You know, she hurts. She don't seem to be getting any better. She made it home, but she's just too weak. You know, she can about get up, go to the john, and that's about it. She can get up and go eat. The trip the other day wore her out. And all the medicine, that disease is obstinate to the medicines. It's stubborn. It will not be fixed. Let me tell you something. You can't teach. God cannot teach because that's exactly what he's talking here. Somebody who knows everything and they're too stubborn to listen to the correction of God. Ooh. We're going to plow somewhere here in just a minute. Verse 5. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around about you and live among scor- and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. I had to turn this upside down because it was too small to read. I couldn't see it. What verse am I on? Seven, 
You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like the rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out to me, and it was a scroll which was unrolled before me, and both sides of it were written the words of lament and mourning and woe. He didn't have a good message to take to these folks. And God knew it. He said, you got to do what I tell you, son. And then he said, go to Ezekiel 3, 4. And then he said to me, son of man, go to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not too many peoples of obscure speech or strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. Those are big words. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. They're stubborn. You know, we sing a song. It's in the blue book. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And there's some folks that they shall not be moved to the right direction of where God wants them to go. I refuse. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I don't want to believe that. I don't. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. That's why I'm telling you, we, we, we can go out and tell this world, and we need to tell this world. We need to show the love of Jesus to this world, but we're going to meet resistance. It's going to come. Now, will I step down from preaching when they say preachers have to start marrying gay people? If I do, then all the work that I've done before don't mean a hill of beans. The true reality of my heart will come pouring out at that moment. You didn't work for Jesus. You was working for you. Do you serve Jesus pure-hearted with a gun over you or will you meet somewhere else? That's the question that has to be asked now, doesn't it? Verse 17. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from the evil of their ways in order to save their life. That wicked person will die of their sins. Now, let's stop right there. Y'all remember what verse I'm on? I don't have a bookmark. They will die of their sins. God is love, but he will not bless junk. If you don't know about it, he won't hold you accountable about it, but when you hear it, whether you want to get it or whether you don't want to get it, you now know and have a choice to follow God or not. And he says here they will die in their sins. Now, if I got up here and tried to put together a mega church and tell you everything you wanted to hear and give you everything you wanted to have as the pastor, the leader of this church, and we could do that, it's being done all over the United States of America. We could get on TV too because we'd have all kinds of people and all kinds of money coming in and we could just have a real good, feel-good message every Sunday, every Wednesday. My goodness, we could meet every day of the week and everybody would just come out in droves. 
Well, we're having church on Thursday. Well, great, I want to go. And if you don't tell people about sin, then they will die in their sin. And by the way, I will be guilty of it. That's what it says here. And I will hold you accountable for their blood. So like I said before, you make no mistake about it. You may walk out of this church today and never come back. And I will call you and try to see what's wrong. But you a lot of times won't call me back or you won't talk to me. You don't want to have that conversation. And guess what? I have just cleansed my hands. We have to be able to have the conversation. We have to be able to go there. And I bring this out because of the subject matter of this past week. Nobody has gone there. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to have that conversation. You make no mistake about it, the bad conversations and the uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations that are going to happen in Ken's life are happening on this earth. They will not happen when I stand before Jesus. And that is the attitude that we all need to have because we can get that truth out. All right. In God, wonderful, don't we love him? Amen. Amen. 18. And when I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, and you do warn them or speak out to dissuade them from the evil of their ways in order to save their life, that wicked person will die for their sins, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you warn that wicked person and they say do not turn and they do not turn from the wickedness or from the evil of their ways, they will die for their sin, but you will have saved yourself. And again, when the righteous person turns, oh my goodness, you mean to tell me somebody who is a Jesus follower can turn away, backslide? Boy, don't that just go against a whole lot of teaching, huh? And again, when a righteous person turns from the righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before them, they will die. And since you did not warn them they will die for their sin, the righteous things that person did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn them, the righteous person not to sin, and they sin, do not sin, they will surely live because they took warning, and you will have saved yourself. This is not an easy calling because truth is a hard thing to deal with. I know. I've got to be the most stubborn and hard-headed person I know. Amen. I was looking for my little cards that I don't have. But let me tell you something. The truth will set you free. Do we believe that? And that in the Word of God, the truth will set you free. Amen. And that's the, what we have to give. Now go back to Romans chapter 1, verse 25. They exchanged... Oh, let me go... Uh, yeah, yeah, verse 25. And they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God then gave, gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their, for their error. 
Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, there's a lot of people that don't think it's worthwhile to obtain the knowledge of God. And I'm going to tell you who they are. Uh, They're the ones that have a Bible that they carry around and they come to church and they dress up all nice and beautiful and they look all pretty and they know the key verses to talk about but on the rest of the week they never pick up the Word of God and they never find something that they don't understand and they don't get down on their knees in prayer and asking God show me the way show me what I need to know from this those are the ones that he's talking about here they don't want to know the knowledge of God because if we know the knowledge of God then we have to stand accountable and we don't take it to the world because we don't take it to the world because why? It's going to be called hate talk. It's going to be called this. It's going to be called that. We won't do it inside of the churches because we're afraid the checkbooks will go walking at the doors and we won't have all these buddies and friends. Let me tell you something, friend. If I'm going to be with you in heaven someday, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Our relationship here don't mean anything if we don't make it to be with Jesus. Because this life is but a vapor. Sweetie, you get tired of listening to the preaching and you don't want to hear what God gives. Then this life is but a vapor because eternity stands forever. And what we read in Ezekiel, you are accountable, Christians. Preachers accountable. We got to give what the Holy Spirit gives. We got to preach it. Amen. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent. Do we know what insolent means? Let me explain it to you real quick. Hey, I'm back. (laughs) Insolent. It's when we look at the boss and say, you're stupid, I ain't doing that. That don't make any sense. Insolence. I wrote more people up over insolence than anything. Don't take this the wrong way. It's a different generation, but most of them were the younger kids. The older kids and the ones that are ex-military, they knew how to take orders whether they liked it or not. They knew that there was a chain of command but the young kids, it was like going to court every time you had something to do. Well, the sheriff, the sheriff didn't invite you into the meeting. He said, do it. We got to do it. Oh, well, I don't agree with it. I ain't doing it. Well, fine. You're not going to get a check. Well, I'll do it, but I don't like it. That's insolence. I'll do it, but I don't like it. Never got anywhere other than to the pocketbook. It's the only place it got to was the pocketbook. Haters of God, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invented ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Children, obey your parents. Amen? Obey your parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity. Oh my. Everybody just sleeping with everybody. No love. And no mercy. 
Although they knew God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they did. They not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. Ladies and gentlemen, we saw that today, this week. I've saw it all over social media with people who are supposed to be witnesses for God and saying, well, they have a right and God is love. Oh, yes, He is love. Make no mistake about it. He will, ju he will, he will judge sin. And when we learn about it, we got to do something with it. You want to park on a back road and hop in the back seat with your girlfriend, that's sin. You better not do it. You want to talk about somebody, say something behind their back you'd never say to their face or say something to their face you'd never say behind their back, that's a bad sin is what we just passed the law to. That's all this is written. It's written in one big sentence with a whole bunch of commas. Can I tell you that today? That's what pastor's been sent here to talk about today. All of this. And if you learn about the truth and you refuse to receive that truth, you've set me free. But we will still stand before God. He is love. And He loves me enough, He loves you enough that heaven is going to be a wonderful place. There's not going to be no sin there. We're not going to have envy. We're not going to have strife. Right? There's not going to be no sickness. There's not going to be no illness. But you know what? We pray all the time, don't we? Wanting people to receive things. And, and we have the testimonies. And there's a lot of testimonies we don't have either. And the first time that you do that, and it will happen today probably from maybe somebody from this church, but I can guarantee you in a 100-mile radius of here at the steakhouses, at McDonald's or at somebody's living room table or at a picnic table, this wording will be used. Who is he to judge me? We know so much of the Bible, we know that one real good. Who are you to judge me? You're a Christian, you're not supposed to judge me. It's not judgment, it's called warning. Grow up, get a hold of Jesus and let him teach that to your heart. This is called a warning. And stubbornness, obstinance, is a bad thing. You won't listen to God, and before you know it, the devil's done called you away from the herd. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, reread these scriptures again. Who are you to judge me? And then we go find another religious guy. What do you think about this? Never crack a Bible open. What do you think about it? Well, if he says it's okay, let me tell you something. That defense ain't going to hold water when you stand before God. You know how to pray, you know how to read, you got a Bible. Pick it up, read it. And pray. And take what the truth is. And yes, if you're struggling with something, God loves you. And He will see you through it. He will get you through it. It might take some while. Why? Because we don't want to take off the old man. But He will work with us. He will get us through it. That couple, homosexual couple, comes through the door, we're going to tell them what the Bible says. They're either not going to want to hear it and get up and leave, or they're going to go to a court and try to sue us, or maybe, just maybe, the blood of Jesus still has some power. Amen? Maybe, just maybe, His blood has power again. And they will be set free. The truth will set you free. 
How do I know that this word is what you, who are you to judge us? Who are you to judge me? Go to Genesis 19, and then we're going to stop. Told you I was going to go a little over, and I appreciate you for hanging in there for a few minutes. And then we're going to pray. When we get done, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray as long as you want to pray. I'm here all day. Genesis 19, verse 4. Now, anybody have any idea what's the word there? That's about Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is when the angels went in to go ahead and take care of business and these guys start pressing at the door. The men of this city. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, wow, what did you see at the court, on, the, on the steps of the Capitol building? Young and old. They was all there. Praise God. They surrounded the house and they called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. The King James says so that you may know them. Go ahead and do the word study on that. And that's what Adam, he knew his wife Eve. What that's bringing out is they had intimate relations. That's how they had babies. God didn't write it all out, you know. He did, but he didn't. And so we want to have sex, sex with them. And Lot went, inside to meet, went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, he's calling these guys his friends. He's lived in this city for so long that what Romans just said, he, oh, he just, he's okay with what they're doing. It's not in my house and it's not on my back door. So big deal, right? We turn the cheek the other way. Only, oh, it's only supposed to happen when somebody slaps your cheek. You turn it and you go ahead and stand with them. But no, no, here's what they did. He called them, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. No, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. Now let me tell you something. He pinched his tent towards Sodom and here's the kind of mind this guy's got. Pete, I would never do that. I would never sell you out and tell somebody they can rape you so that they'll leave me alone. And I won't do it so that they can leave the church alone and leave God's people alone. I will not sell out my daughter like that. But you see, your mind gets to working. That's what Romans is talking about. Futile. You think you got wisdom, but you don't got it because you have this kind of word in you. That's what this is talking about and we see it right here. Who in their right mind would sell their daughter out? How sick can you get? But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. Here it is, here it is. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot, and he moved backward and to bring down the door. They moved him backward. But that's exactly what they were saying. You came here as a fool. Who do you think you are going to come in here and judge us? That whole mindset. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've had family and friends and you talk. Oh, who are you to play judge? I'm not. The Bible is. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's the Word of God. Now this hits home, don't it? It hits home for me. It hits home for all of us, I think. 
if you're honest with yourself. Amen. Did you get fed? Did you get fed with this today or not? If you didn't, don't clap. Don't clap if you didn't. That gives God praise. But we're going to close out now. They're going to put some music on for us and we're going to pray. Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves. That means pride's got to go out the door. Stubbornness has to leave. We can't have it. And pray. And seek my face. If we seek his face, he he inhabits our praises. Amen? Don't ever let nobody stop. Don't let the devil stop you from worshiping God. That's a very powerful weapon. Right here it is. Very powerful weapon. You worship God and he, you praise Him, He will inhabit your praises. Well, I don't feel the Spirit of God anymore. Well, start praising Him, you will. You're not going to get it from a piece of music and you're not going to get it from a speaker. It's either in your heart or it's not in your heart. If you get it from those other things, it's called emotions. And anybody can bring emotions, right? Especially if you've done it for a while. You learn the tricks of the trade. You learn, what, you learn how to play the crowd. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not here to play no crowd. I want us to worship Jesus. And turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Folks, the only thing that's going to help America today, the only thing that's going to help you in your house, the only thing that's going to help this local church, is if we humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, pray and seek God. Period. Now, we can get up here and play a certain kind of music and get everybody worked up into a frenzy. I want you to pray. Jeff's going to play some music for us, Brother Jeff. I know God's laid something good on your heart, brother. Don't he do a good job? Let's praise God for Brother Jeff. Amen. He gives us music to praise by. But I want to invite you to come forward and pray. Pray where you're at in your seat is fine. But make this effort to pray today, folks. The statistics say that this is a Christian nation. However, a statistic this past week said that 61% of Americans felt that to pass this law was good. Can I tell you what? They're not Christians. Well, who are you to judge? I know what the Bible says. So Bob, if that's where you're at, no Bobs? I can talk to Bob again, right? If that's where you're at, Bob, seek God. Seek God. Amen. Let's pray.